Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan will have to flee. When we stand in him before us, tell me who can Stand against us in the name of Jesus, Jesus, we have the victory. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again. In the mighty name of Jesus, who is our strength, who is our redeemer, who is our very present help in times of trouble. We praise God for another opportunity to worship him, to search his holy word. I want to encourage you, children of God. Search God's word. Search God's word. The scripture tells us that when we study, we show ourselves approved unto God. In other words, my brother and my sister, when we study God's word, we make God happy. When you open your Bible, and decide, I'm going to study the word of God, you make God happy. And I have shared this with you a number of times, and I want to reiterate. When we make God happy, he will make us happy. Not us trying to make ourselves happy. That's the mistake that many individuals make in this life, trying to make themselves happy, trying to please themselves, and finding out at the end of the day that it never really works. But when we make God happy, because God says, Robert, tell my children this. I, say of the Lord, am now alive inside of my people. You understand that, my brother and my sister. God and is alive and if you are born again, if you are saved, you are sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, God is alive inside of you. Now, with that being said, when we make God happy, because he's inside of us and alive inside of us, that will make us happy. 
But when we don't make God happy because he is alive inside of us, we won't be happy. Understand, my brother and sister, what atonement really is. The atonement, the the, the religious term of atonement. It means at one mint. We are now one with God. We are now one with other Christians all over the world. Not just your little church building or your little congregation or your little conference. We are brothers and sisters all over the world. And God said, Robert, tell my people this for me. You all will have to spend eternity together. Now, my brother and my sister, if we can't get along here in this little life for these little few years, we are going to be some of the most miserable creatures. We have got to spend eternity. Sometimes you have people come and stay at your house. If they stay two weeks. You'll be asking yourself, oh, when they going back home? When they going? To... Listen, we are going to spend eternity together. So we have got to learn how to get along. We've got to learn how to deal with our differences. We've got to learn we got to learn these skills here in this life. Basically what God has done for you and for me, my brother, and I was a coach for many years, a sports coach for many years, and we would have practices before we would have the game. And I took the practices very seriously. I didn't like my athletes playing around at all during practice because whatever we did in practice manifested in the game. If we practice hard, we played hard. If we practice precisely, we played precisely. If we practice serious, we played seriously. So I did, I, I took I took practice more seriously or as seriously as the game. You say, Apostle, what is the message in this? This life is much like practice. The game will be the next life. This life is much like practice for you and me, children of God. We want to try and be as knowledgeable of the things of God in this life as we possibly can. We want to be as righteous in regards to the things of God in this life as we possibly can. We want to be as precise. We want to be we we show God what kind of positioning we deserve in heaven by our behavior in this life. Now Understand this, children of God. Everybody that is a child of God is not going to have the same reward in heaven. Now, you know, and there are a couple of individuals that are, the Lord is bringing to my spirit now. He's bringing my spirit now the thief who hung on the cross with Jesus, who repented while he was hanging on the cross, and the Lord is bringing to my spirit his apostles. Now, I'm waiting for the Lord to give me 
revelation on this. Now, you can't expect that thief who repented, who accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior on the cross or on his, his death cross to go to heaven and to receive the same reward as maybe someone like the apostles who uh, dedicated and gave their lives for the service of the gospel, who, who died for the gospel. This, this thief that was on the cross, he was dying for stealing. He was dying for his sins. He just got saved uh, at close to the end. But they, God has got individuals that have given their life for this thing called the gospel. Well, they both go to heaven. Jesus told the thief on the cross, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. He went with Jesus to paradise. He went to heaven. But he didn't have the same reward as the apostles, those 12 apostles, who the Bible tells us that their names are written on the very foundation of heaven. Their names are written. So, you know, Every one of us as children of God may go to heaven. We have confessed with our mouth. We have believed in our heart, the Lord Jesus, and that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says we shall be saved, but we don't all have the same reward. See, you don't want to study. You don't want to fast. You don't want to pray. You don't want to do You'll be you saved. I'm not, we're not questioning your salvation. But your reward will not be the same as a person who studies diligently, who fasts, who prays, who diligently seeks God's uh, face and to do his will. You say, Apostle, what are you saying to me? I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you under the sound of my voice. Do all and give all you have to the Lord. God says, Robert, tell my people for me. I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. I, I am I am so pleased today uh, as I look here. Uh, man of God, uh, Apostle Abraham, God bless you, my brother. From Akbar, Ghana, we were in a program together down there. I see uh, uh, Pastor Frank, Pastor... I am so pleased to see God's people supporting me in this great ministry that God has called us to. And I want to encourage you because the Lord has put this in my spirit that the same way you all have supported me and supported this ministry that God has called me to, God is going to continue to support you. And continue to send individuals your way to support you. Listen, as we support others, God says you will reap what you have sown. God says I'm going to send others to support you. So, children of God, let's let's give God. Listen, listen, and I, and the Lord is bringing this to my spirit. I shared this with some congregations recently down in, in Accra, Ghana, when, and I can't think of exactly the chapter in the verse, I don't know if it's Hebrews 11, 
where the scripture talks about by faith, by faith. And it talks about we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But when 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 that when the apostle deals with us concerning faith and goes into all the great men and women of the Bible who who moved by faith and received such great blessings from God, the first individuals that they start off talking about is Cain and Abel. You say, Apostle, why Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel both offered sacrifices or offered something up to God. Cain offered up a sacrifice that was not pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. Abel offered up a sacrifice that was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And these two individuals represent humanity. And one of these two categories, you and I, will fall into. We will either live our lives as a sacrifice that God is not pleased with, or we will live our lives as a sacrifice that God is pleased with. My prayer for you and my prayer for every one of you under the sound of my voice. I see there are many of you in here today. My prayer is that you will live your life as a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Scripture tells us do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't don't be doing like this world. This world has got a way of doing things that is just the opposite of what God wants. We think it's ah, not no big deal or it's okay because everybody else is doing it. And God is sitting back just as upset as he can be. You know, as a as a young man, oh, God says, finish with that. The scripture says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed. God wants to transform you and I, children of God. The world, they got to be saved first. We're not trying to do a whole lot of transforming to the world other than bring them into salvation. Then the transformation process can get started. God wants to transform you and I. Well, how? How is God going to transform us? God says, by the renewing of your minds. God says, I want my people, Robert, to think like me. As a basketball coach, I shared with you all earlier, I was a coach for so many years, you know, basketball, American football, uh, all kind of sports. Well, basically what I was trying to do with my teams was get them to think and operate like me. I was a school teacher. Basically, what I was trying to do with my students was get them to think like me. Well, understand, my brother and my sister, our God, the creator of all things, the preserver of light and life, the great I am, is trying to get you and I to think like him, to talk like him. The scripture says, If any man speaks, he should speak as an oracle of God. God, in essence, is saying, look, if you're not talking for me, God says, shut up. 
Oh, some of us didn't know that. God, in essence, is saying, if you are not talking for me, shut up. The Bible says if any man speaks, any man, he should speak as an oracle of God. Open your mouth. You know, uh, um, God wants us to be to the place where when we open our mouth, people expect to hear from God. My prayer for you, child of God, under the sound of my voice, that from today, I don't know what you've been doing. I'm not going to get into that. That's not, I'm not dealing with that. From today, you will open your mouth as an oracle of God's. That when men and women hear from you, they will expect to hear from God. May that be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. God wants to see us speaking for him. God wants to see us doing for him. God wants to use these bodies to do his blessed will. Use these tongues to speak his word. Use these minds. Bible says, blessed is the man who meditates on his law. Both day and night, God said, I want you to use your mind to think my word. I want you to use my use your mouth to speak my word. I want you to use your body to do my word. God is not far from us, my brothers and my sisters. He's a, the Bible says he's a very present help in a time of trouble. He's close. He's, he's right here with us. And the way to get to know him, the way to bring him in is do his word. Meditate on his word, speak his word, do his word, and God will begin talking to you. I listen, children of God. I can't be lonely. People say, ah, Apostle, don't you be lonely? I'm going to be lonely. And God is constantly talking. God is constantly talking to me, praising me for some things I be doing rebuking me for some other things that I be doing. The Bible says, look, all scripture is God-breathed. Now keep that in mind. Just all scripture. The Bible says all scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable. The word of God, listen, the word of God is profitable. That's why God wants you in it and why the adversary wants to keep you out of it. How many of you ever noticed when, you know, you start studying God's word, all of a sudden you get sleepy. All of a sudden you get tired. All of a sudden the phone start ringing. You all just heard the phone, the phone ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because the adversary want to try to stop, hinder, break up, interfere with the word of God. May it not be done in your life. May interference any interference the adversary is trying to run in your life, in your marriage, in your ministry, in your in your work, for, may it not work in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, children of God, we got a very real adversary. Now, whether or not you recognize it, he recognizes it. And God knows it. We have a very real adversary in this thing called life, called the devil. And he is doing everything he can, everything that he is allowed to do to try to hinder you and me from getting to God. But I see I see fighters. I see fighters 
today in the name of Jesus. I see a number of fighters fighting to get to God. You got to fight to get to God. See, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom has been forcefully advancing and forceful men take hold of it. Praise the living God. We, we bless God. Let me let me move on as time is time is not on our side this morning. Uh, we want to talk about something that the Lord was dealing with me in regards to on yesterday. Um, a familiar biblical character um, married she was married to a very familiar biblical character we're talking about Job's wife Job's wife and we're going to look at a very short scripture here in the book of Job, chapter 2, with a special focus on verse 9. Job, chapter 2, verse 9, from the New International Version. The scripture says, his wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God. And die. Once again, Job's wife. Job chapter 2, verse 9. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Still. Look, Job's wife said, Look, curse God. And die. Working from our theme this morning. Job's wife. Job's wife. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the numerous saints that are with me this morning, supporting me around the world and supporting this great work that you have called us to do. Pray, Father, that you strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Father, if you are using me in these last days to help prepare men and women, for works of service. I pray, Father, that they be strengthened and encouraged, uplifted in the mighty name of Jesus, that a great army for the Lord be prepared, that as these saints leave this place of worship today, May they leave stronger than they came in. May they leave better. May they leave with more wisdom, more knowledge, 
more understanding in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray right now that you will speak into our hearts and our minds. Forgive us of our sins and iniquities, sins that we know of, sins that we are unaware of. Have your way today, Heavenly Father. We have tuned in this morning. Those who are tuning in through Facebook, those who are tuning in through TalkShoe, those who are tuning in through YouTube, we have tuned in, Father, to hear your spirit, to hear your words, and to hear your voice. We are sure this morning that you are not going to disappoint us, but that you will grant us revelation, insight, and understanding into your good, pleasing, and perfect word. Pray for them, Father, that your name may be glorified, edified, uplifted. Pray, Father, for those in our midst and our congregation with various sicknesses. We pray for your healing and your healing power to touch them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We trust, Father, that you are going to do these things for us and all other blessings in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let God's people say amen. Wherever you are, what country you are in, if you would just say amen. Praise the living God. Job's wife. Well, the Lord was dealing with me yesterday in regards to Job's wife. And he said some things to me that I had never considered before. Job's wife is often remembered for those ten words she spoke to her husband when he was going through the most severe trial of his life. She asked him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. This is what we read about in Scripture. This is what is a lasting impression in many of our minds concerning Job's wife. But God began dealing with me in regards to this woman. And one of the things the Lord was cautioning me against, and I want to share that with you all this morning, we don't know whether Job's wife repented of these words or not. 
You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Any of us, if you were to take certain things we have said or certain things we have done or certain things we have thought at certain times in our life and just took a snapshot of that, we could look like some pretty bad characters. I think about my time before salvation. And things that I know I have done. I'm not talking about what I have heard or what I'm supposing. I'm talking about things that God has revealed to me. What could have been the outcome? I think about rape. I have done it. I think about robbery. I have done it. I think about attempted murder. I have done it. I think about things that. If it had not been for the mercy of Jesus, for those of you who wonder, Apostle, why are you preaching like this and teaching like this every single day? Every time we turn the computer on or we turn TalkShoe on or we turn YouTube on, another message from you. Well, see, you, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. I share with congregations all over the world. I know, God, Lord, could I be in prison today for some of the things that I've done? God said, yes, Robert, for the rest of your life. See, some things that God has done for us, we got to get revelation from God to really know what he has done. There'd be some, God be doing so much good for us that sometimes we think it's maybe that's just the way it's supposed to, to go. But God, the Bible talks about how God protects us from dangers seen and unseen. There's things that God has protected us from that we could see and say, oh, man, that car almost hit me. Oh, man, that that, that bullet that almost came right out. That was it. But then God says, I protect you from dangers unseen. God said, there's some things that, that you don't even know about that I have protected you from. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor for both of them. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor for dangerous seen stuff we know about. And Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor for dangerous unseen stuff we don't know about. See, see, listen to me, children of God. It, when God begins to reveal to you, see, if you don't see a need to praise God or a need to give God a a wholehearted offering or need to give God your life, think you don't have enough revelation from him yet. When God reveals to you, to me, what he all, he began to reveal more of what he has done for us, you will feel compelled to praise him. You will feel compelled to live for him. You feel compelled to worship him. Job's wife, the snapshot we have her. Well, what if God had took a snapshot of me raping young girls when I was younger? What if God had took a snapshot of me and robbing? Took a, took a snapshot of me attempting a murder, nearly killing people. What if that would have been the only snapshot 
that there would have been of my life. Oh, well, Apostle, you know, I, I don't think you all would be in here. You all that have tuned in, you all that are tuning in around the world, I don't think you'd be wanting to listen to what Apostle had to say if that was the only snapshot you had of my life. But thank God we serve a God of second, sometimes third, sometimes fourth, sometimes 100 chances or second chances. Thank God that our God gives us another chance. If if you don't praise him for anything else, if you don't worship him for anything else, if you don't adore him for anything else, praise him for being a God of a second chance. So, you know, when God began to deal with me, I was like, whoa, Lord, whoa, this is heavy because just about all my life, talking about Job's wife, I've been just kind of thinking of her in regards to those 10 words, you still holding on to your integrity, curse God, and why don't you curse God and die? But God cautioned me. You know, God said, Robert, there was more to Job's wife than those 10 words. After all, she was married to Job. She was married to one of the most righteous men on the face of the earth. She was a woman that knew of the blessings and the goodness of God. Because as Job walked in them, so did she walk in them. But when she saw this turn, this change, in a moment of weakness, she uttered those now infamous words. You say, Apostle, what are you cautioning and warning us? Let us be careful with the snapshots that we take of people's lives. Let's just be careful. Be careful. Just because we've seen somebody do something or we heard somebody say something or we, we let's be careful. It may have been in a moment of weakness. It may have been in a moment of anger. It may have been in a moment of ignorance. You see, here's the thing, children of God, and the Lord is dealing with me on this right now. God says, Robert, tell my people for me that when they repent of an activity, of a behavior, of something they have done. God says, I forgive them instantaneously. Now, God says with men, it's not always like that. Sometimes men can hold things against you or against me for the rest of our life. But God says, when you repent, God says, I wipe the slate clean. I'm seeing somebody under the sound of my voice that God has just wiped your slate clean in the mighty name of Jesus. And God says that when I have wiped your slate clean, don't you keep carrying it. Don't you keep holding on to it. 
when I have wiped your slate clean, saith the Lord. God says, let your slate be clean. I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. When we ask God for forgiveness, when we sincerely repent, God wipes the slate clean. Your wife might not wipe your slate clean. Your husband might not wipe your slate clean. Your children might not wipe your slate clean. Or your parents may not wipe it, but God wipes the slate clean. And this is why repentance is so important. Because repentance gets our slates wiped clean. The Bible says that his mercies are renewed every morning. I want to encourage you, child of God, this morning. Now, it's this morning here in in um, the East Coast of the United States. I know some of our brothers and sisters in different parts of the world is a little later on in the afternoon. But for us here, it's early in the morning. God's mercies have been renewed. His mercies for your life, his mercies for your marriage, your ministry, your finances, they have been renewed. Job's wife, did she say these terrible words about cursing God and died? Yes, she did. Can she have been forgiven for that lapse in judgment? That uh, she could. And God is, is bringing in my spirit again. He, he's flashing the thief. I've been talking about this thief that hung on the cross with Jesus for about the past two or three days. This thief and the other thief, there were two thieves that were being hung right beside Jesus. The onlookers were probably thinking, look at those thieves getting just what they deserve. Look at those thieves on their way to hell, stealing people's stuff. But what some people didn't understand was that one thief, may have, he may have been on his way to hell. He may have, he may have been getting, just, but the other thief repented. And even though he didn't have much time left in this life, he got things right with God. I want to encourage you, my brother or my sister, wherever you may be, whether you have little time left or whether you have plenty of time left in this life, make sure you get things right with God. When, when you get things right with God, when we get things right with God, we are on the right path. There's only two ways we can move in this life. Toward God and away from God. My encouragement and my prayer for you, child of God, is that you will move toward God with an intensity, with a fervor, with a determination. May you move toward God as if you are starving to death, and he got the last piece of bread. Bible said that when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, may you move toward God like you are starving, and he has the last piece of bread. 
God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God say, I love to see my people coming to me with everything they got. You think about, you know, many of us here in the United States and, and abroad, I'm thinking about my brothers and sisters in different parts of the world. It's just that many of them like football or we call it soccer. Here in the United States, we kind of like, we don't like soccer too much. We like a lot of basketball or a lot of American football or, you know, some of these sports. But but this this parable remains true. We like to see our athletes going hard. Whatever the sport, it might be soccer, it may be basketball, it may be football, but we like to see them going hard. You want to see the crowd cheering and the people uh, excited. Look at what, get an athlete that is giving it everything he has. Well, God likes to see that too. My brother and my sister, God loves to see us coming at him, going for him with everything that we got. He is a rewarder of them that diligently. God said, God, God loves to see hard work. I know I, as a coach, I used to love that. Sometimes my players will be going so hard and they will, oh my gosh, I will be, I will be as a, like a cheerleader. And I was the coach. I'd be like, that's right, baby. That's how, that's what a champion is. I mean, just going off when individuals are going hard. Well, God like to see us going hard in righteousness. God like to see us going hard in truth. God like to see us dug down in his word. Dug down in his will. He loves that. God, God be sitting there smiling. Just like as a father or as a coach or as a pastor, when we were, you know, a lot of, many of our young people would play sports and sometimes they would be playing really hard and doing, you know, it, and we'd be just smiling. We'd be just smiling. See, I, my prayer for you, child of God, is that you put a smile on God's face. God's smile. God smile. Remember, we were created in his image and in his likeness. In other words, we are a whole lot like God. You ever wonder what God is like? He's a whole lot like us. It's just that he's perfect. He's righteous. He's pure. The same way there are certain things. God said, Robert, tell my people for me. Mm. You were speaking about Cain and Abel early. In my spirit, I'm like, yes, Lord, yeah. God said, Robin, I liked Abel, and I liked his offering. I didn't like Cain too much, and I didn't like his offering. Some of you like, oh, apostle, how are you going to say God liked somebody and God didn't like somebody? Listen, children of God, the word says, on Cain and his offering, the Lord did not look with favor. Which means that God didn't like it. There are some people that God don't like. He don't like them. He don't like their offering. He don't like their worship. He don't like their, that. He don't like. Then there are some people that God like their worship. God like their ministry. God like their offering. God says on Cain and his, and God said Robert and his offering. I did not look with favor. God was like, uh, uh-uh, I don't like this. I don't like your offering, and I don't really like you too much. There's some people you like, 
and some people you don't like. Come on, children of God, don't, don't get so, don't, there's people I like and people I don't like. Come on now, the same thing with God. Same thing, <laughs> some of y'all didn't know that. The same thing with God. So you say, Apostle, what do we need to do? Well, knowing that there are people, events, times, thoughts that, that God don't like. Since there are things that God don't like, let us, since we're trying to please him, let us try to stay away from that stuff God don't like. And try to move into the things that our God likes. Come on, children of God. Somebody, some of y'all get somebody getting a revelation. I can feel it in my spirit. I can feel it in my spirit. Uh, 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 Bishop Abraham, I can, I can, I'm feeling it in my spirit. Somebody under the sound of my voice is getting revelation. You think about what you do, or what I do, or what we do when we go out on a date with the woman that we like, or the man that we like. What do we try to do? We try to show them things that we think they like. Oh, come on, man. When I was going, when I was young, I'd be going out on a date, man. I have on the shirt that I knew looked good on me. Have on some some cologne. Come on now. That was man. Come on, Pastor Peter, talk to me in here now. That to a cologne smelling real good. Why? What was I trying to do? I was trying to present to the one that I wanted to impress what they liked. There were certain things I wasn't trying to do on the first date with the girl that I liked. I wasn't trying to be belching. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I wasn't trying to pick all in my nose. Why? Because I knew she probably didn't like that. Well, it's the same thing with God, my brother and my sister. We want to present to God what he like. And since things come in twos, I've been sharing this with you all for the last few days. In life, things come for the most part in twos. It's stuff that God like or stuff that God love or stuff that God want and stuff that God don't like, stuff that God don't love, stuff that God don't want. Since things come in twos, let us choose the stuff that God like. Let us choose the stuff that God loves. Let us choose the stuff that God wants. You want to please God? Please God with what he like. Give him what he like. Job's wife. What I have to speak about this woman, I have to speak by divine revelation. Because the scripture don't tell us that much. You know, the Lord have to have to fill me in because ain't that ain't that much in scripture for us to look at other than these this one snapshot of her telling Job or asking Job, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. That's what she said now. That is what she said. That's scripture. That is scripture. That's all we see in scripture. But God says, I, I knew another woman, Robert. I knew a woman, Robert, who loved her husband. I knew a woman, Robert, who did not like seeing her husband go through 
what I was allowing him to go through. God says I, I knew I knew more about her than this one line. Even though this one line is recorded in scripture, God says I knew a lot more about Job's wife. You say, Apostle, what are you saying to us? Understand, my brother and my sister, a lot of times there'd be a lot more to people than the little bit we have seen or the little bit we have gotten to know. Sometimes we turn on the television, individuals going to jail, you know, for the rest of their life, for murder or for some heinous crime. Well, just because they committed that heinous crime, that may not be all that there was to that person. I just told you I could be in prison for life. I know I could. Lord just told me. Lord, could I be in prison for life? Yes, Rob. Okay. Well, that settles that. So sometimes, you know, let us be let us be careful. The Bible tells us in and I think it's Corinthians to judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in his darkness and will expose the secrets or the motives of men's heart. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Let us understand there's more to one another than a little bit we may have seen, a little bit we can see. There's more to one another than a little bit maybe we have heard about an individual. There's more. There's more. There's more. Job's wife, Job told her in verse 10, Job replied, said, you are talking like a foolish woman. He didn't call her a fool now because the Bible warns us against calling people fools. Now, if you've called somebody a fool recently or you didn't know that, I encourage you to repent. Because when we call people fools, we're in danger of hellfire. You know, when we're calling people fools, even though they may be, you know. He says, Job said, you are talking like a foolish woman, which he was. Then Job said, shall we accept God good from God and not trouble? Now, what now? And, I, and God is having me to deal with this because these are some words that have since I have had this stroke. The Lord has had to remind me of because I remember that shortly before I had the stroke, maybe a little more than a year ago, I was around here asking some of the saints, is it possible for God to be too good to you? I remember that coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I was feeling good. God was sending me all over the world. Uh, you know, everything was just for, I was like, is it possible? Is that even, it's possible for God to be too good to you? And some of the saints was like, I don't know, Apostle. But I was wondering, I was like, Lord, you are so, so good. Well, about a year ago, the Lord allowed me to go through this stroke. And I'm like, man, <laughs> this has been a challenge. This has been a trial. But we thank God and we praise God because he is good. He is still good in spite of what we may experience and in spite of what we may go through. Job said, look, I'm going through some things right now, y'all. I'm hearing Job in the spirit. At this stage in his life, I'm going through something that's difficult. Job had had boils break all out over his body. And, you know, Job was looking so bad. 
going through this trial, that when his three friends who came to see about him and came to encourage him, when they came and they saw him, they couldn't even say anything for the first seven days. They just sat and just looked at him like, oh, my God, what is this? Now, Job's wife, she had been there with him through this trial, and it's, it's difficult. It's not easy to watch people that you love go through trials. It's not easy to watch mama going through cancer or watch daddy dealing with a shutdown of the liver or watch your son. Or your, it's not easy watching people that you love going through severe trial. And sometimes we may speak out of turn. You know, what Joe, see, and God is saying, Robert, deal with this for a little while. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God said, Robert, a whole lot of people didn't even know what they were talking about. And God said, Robert, a whole lot of people today don't even know what they're talking about. And what that means is this, child of God. As Job was going through this trial, one of the things he said when his children had died was, naked I have come into the world and naked I will depart. Uh, may the, you know, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Well, understand something. That was wrong. That was wrong. It sounds real, um, you know, got a lot of imagery and everything. But Job was just as wrong as two left shoes. The Lord hadn't taken anything away from him. The Lord allowed Satan to take away, but the Lord had not taken. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Sometimes when things happen, we be blaming the wrong one. Sometimes God says, you all be blaming me when it be Satan. Sometimes you all be blaming Satan. God said, when it's me. God said, you need to know what you're talking about before you open your mouth. You know, when this stroke happened to me, the first thing I did was I was like, Lord, is this you? Did you do this to me? The Lord said, no, Robert. I was like, okay, all right. I, I can deal with that. I, I believe I can deal with that. See, God hadn't brought trouble on Job's life. But that was what Job thought. See, when we read the story of Job, we're, we're allowed to read about the conversation that went on in heaven between God and Satan. Job, he didn't know all of that. All he knew was life was going real good. Life was going real sweet. And all of a sudden, life was going real bad. He don't know what was going on. That's why he blamed God for some things that Satan was doing. And then his wife come in and she do the same thing, but she just took it to a little higher level. She was blaming God and God hadn't done it. I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister, don't be blaming God for stuff he didn't do. You don't like to be blamed for stuff you didn't do. I don't like to be blamed for stuff I didn't do. Find out before you start passing the blame who deserves the blame. Praise the living God.
So Job's wife. Job's wife. She come in. You know, curse God and die. He said, you're talking like a foolish woman. Job come back. Even with what Job come back with is wrong. But it sounds real. Sounds real good. Listen to what he said. Job said, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? You say, Apostle, what was wrong with that? It wasn't trouble from God. This that Job was going through, this that Job was experiencing, this that Job was passing through was not God anywhere. It was the devil who was doing this. But God restored him. But God brought him out. And I want to encourage you, child of God. God's going to bring you out. God's going to restore you and me. Bible says in all this, wife trying to get him to curse God and die, the devil talking in his mind, he having the wrong opinion, wrong impression of what God has done, and all of this. And I want to encourage you this morning, child of God. The Bible says Job did not sin in what he said. And look at verse 11. I just shared this with you. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, Zophar, the Nathite, heard about all the troubles that had come on him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Well, watch this. Look at verse 12. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their robes, sprinkled dust on their head. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. No one said a word. You say, Apostle, what, what is this? Sometimes the level of suffering that individuals are passing through is too much for some people. You know, they had plans to go and to comfort him, to sympathize with him. You know, this was their partner. This was their friend. They were going to go see him. You know, we heard that he's going through. He's going through. But when they got there and saw it, couldn't say a word for seven days and seven nights. Because they saw how great his suffering was. Now, what I want to I want to do is encourage some of you. The Lord is placing this in my spirit now to encourage you, to encourage you, to encourage you. Job is put in the scripture to serve as an example to us as children of God. Job went through great suffering in order that he might experience great blessing. I want to get some of you all under the sound of my voice. You know, some of you are passing through great suffering, extreme trial, extreme hardship, 
And God has sent me here today to encourage you, child of God, that that is just setting you up for great blessing. Must pass through. Job had now. Job wanted to see. See, Job went to the next level. He went to another level in blessings. He was already blessed, but he went to another level in blessings. Many of us, as children of God, we be crying out. You know, we want to go to the next level. We want to go to the next level. But you need to understand that the next level with God, the real next level, means that we got to go through some next level sufferings, some next level hardships, some next level difficulties. You don't just go to the next level and don't go to the next level without the next level hardships, the next level trials, next level tribulation. So sometimes, oftentimes, we see a brother and our sister going through a severe suffering. That is God's way, oftentimes, of preparing them for the next level of blessing. There are some of you under the sound of my voice, you don't even know that you are next in line for a miracle. You are next in line for the sincere, serious blessings of God. I want to encourage you today. Keep the faith. Keep moving forward. You know, we talked about this a little bit down in Accra, Ghana. And I keep thinking about something that the Lord brought in my spirit as I was sharing with one congregation. Whatever your trial is, whatever your hardship, your difficulty, it has an expiration date. In other words, it's only temporary, my brother or my sister. As as bad as it may be, as much as it may hurt, as many tears as you may have shed, it's only temporary. Just hold on. Got to be God has not promised that all things will be good for those who love the Lord and are called unto according to His purpose. God said, "Robert, that's not what my that's not what I said. I said all things work together for good for them that love the Lord." And are called according to his purpose. So children of God, listen to me. If you can, if you are called to endure it, or you are called to go through it, um, it is because God knew before he ever created you that one, you would go through it, and that number two, you could handle it. Because God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to bear. But with the temptation, the Bible said, God will provide a way of escape so that we can stand up under it. Any trial you experience in child of God, you can stand up under it. Job's wife. So I want to encourage as many as are under the sound of my voice. When we talk about Job's wife, when we think about Job's wife, let us keep in mind that God says there was much more to this woman than these ten words in Scripture. 
Did she say it? That Job should curse God and die? Yes. But was there more to her as a woman, as a person, as a believer, than this? And God is also saying, yes. Remember, whoever it is, there's more to him, more to her than the little bit that you know. Scripture says we prophesy in part and we know in part. But when, you know, that which is perfect appears, then that which is imperfect shall disappear. We we even know each other. We just, we, we don't know everything about each other. You know, sometimes we can know each other by the mistakes that we made or by the our errors or weaknesses. And it may be much, much more to us than a little bit that we know about each other. So keep in mind, child of God, there's more to people than what meets the eye. Praise God. Job's wife. Lord willing, we will talk uh, more concerning Job's wife this evening. And God bless your daughter. She said, put up here, powerful, powerful. We praise God. Um, and Lord willing, we will talk more uh, about Job's wife. We'll see, you know, I don't even know what the Lord is going to reveal or, or share with us concerning her. I'm looking forward to it because, you know, for so many years, you know, I've been preaching this thing 30, 30 plus years. And the only thing I'd, I'd ever really thought about in regards to Job's wife was those few little words that she told Job. You still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? You know, and the Lord just revealed to me yesterday that there was much more to her than that little bit that we know. And there's much more to each other as children of God, people of God, than the little bit we know. We don't know all. Listen, you don't know everything about Apostle Brian. You know, I don't know everything about you. You know, and God keep it that way for a reason. He, God said, I know everything about you, Apostle Brian, Robert Brian. God said, I know all your sins. I know all your iniquities. God said, I know all your fears. God said, I know all your strength. I know all your obedience. God said, I know everything, everything about you, Robert. I'm like, yes, Lord, I know you do. God know all everything about me. You know, that's why we I don't try to hide nothing from God. Lord be like, Robert, what you doing? What are you doing? I'd be like, Lord, I'm sinning. Or Lord, I'm uh I'm doing the right thing. Or Lord, I'm I'm walking in your power. Just be honest with God. The Bible says God desires truth. Come on, children of God, from our inward parts. You can't hide nothing from God. We as children of God, we we, we sometimes we be we be a funny acting bunch. Funny acting bunch. 
You know, sometimes things happen. And as children of God, we do just the opposite of what God wants us to do. You know, one of our brothers or sisters fall, you know, and instead of restoring such a one gently, we talking all about them on the telephone, running them all down. Come on now. What, what, what are we doing? As if we don't have our own sins. As if we don't have our own faults. You know. Let us help to build one another up, not help to tear one another down. Because I tell you, you're not going to heaven helping to tear God's people down. We're going to make it to heaven helping to build God's people up. May we build one another up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on you. I pray that. You've been blessed today at the preaching and the teaching of God's word. The Lord willing, we'll be back 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, for another portion of God's word. May God bless you. Have a have a happy, blessed, productive remainder of the day. We'll see you a little later, children of God, in Jesus' mighty name. Signing out.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.